Cheers to episode oh. 61. Cheers. I forgot about that part of the episode. You always do, man. Let's not sugarcoat it. Um, Alex just wanted to get a drink. Evan, I have... I'm drinking a pre-workout. This is a first for the show. Pre-workout? It might be why I'm so testy right now when it comes to Alex, but this is six-star pre-workout explosion. Not an ad. I actually I'm was... Si- I'm simply just drinking water. Five o'clock a little too early. You know, haven't had dinner yet, so... Call back to the last episode. I saw your Bud Light next beers in admire i saw them on the shelves with my own eyes i don't even think alex grabbed anything or did he alex there's there are beers in the fridge uh, yeah but can't do that grab. i bought blue moon moon haze is what it was called is that the grapefruit flavor i think it's supposed to be more orangey flavor because it says it was brewed with dried orange peels I had a Blue it, Moon one time, and it was like the, their light version. I did not enjoy it. Was it like the Harvest thing? I don't remember. It came in a skinny can. No, it was like the Blue Moon light or something. I can't attest. I had it last night during the game, and it was pretty solid. It's it's pretty citrusy. More so, It's almost like if you were just like brewed a normal Blue Moon with like the orange that people put on the rim in the actual thing. So it's pretty good. Alex has joined us again. Welcome back. Thanks for having me, guys. It's a pl- blessing to be on the show. So still not, you're not drinking anything? You just got up and did all that for nothing? No, I have water, and then I'm going to mix some Total War pre-workout in at the oh, end. Oh, copying me. That's pretty rich. Well, that's what my plan was all day, but it's not surprising that you did it as well. Okay. you're a loser. <laughs> well, come on in. <laughs> Today is Wednesday, March 2nd, 5.04 p.m., Starting four minutes late because of Alex's delay. Welcome to the number one sports podcast in Michigan. And it's March. Welcome to March, boys. We're here. Some it would say one of the best months of the year. March. Does March mean something? The vibes of March, I'd say, are a little bit different than last year where there's not real buzz that either of the teams we root for in the state can make a final four. So we'll there see was, how it's... Yeah. Uh, uh. There was no buzz for us last year either. So no, I said. Well, I said at least one. Yeah, you. Congrats, yeah. man. Michigan had buzz last year to make a Final Four. This year, neither had buzz to make a Final Four. So that's whatever. We'll see how this goes. Life on the bubble. So to preview the show, our weekly recaps, entertaining as always, and then both basketball teams recaps and previews, whatever, are just overall like brain dump on both of our basketball teams. Lions Inside the Den, episode one dropped this past week, which I don't think that show gets enough love. Like, I don't know how well they promote it. It's pretty well produced, so we'll shine some light on that and saw some things that we liked and maybe things that gave us concern. Who knows? The MLB lockout, officially going to miss some baseball, so we'll touch on that briefly. I'm no CBA expert over here. And then we have some good life questions from people, some good, some good listener questions this week, so... If anything, stick around for that at the end. All right. Weekly recaps. I'd like to hear from Evan because Evan's in my good graces right now opposed to Alex. Evan, why don't you tell me how your week was? Um, we did this, what, last Monday? Uh, had the posse up in EL. Um, 
shout out Rai Guy, you know, he, he battled and built. He he persevered through a tough time and got and got what he came here for. Whoa, um, that was super vague. <laughs> what did he bat the battle through? Let's just say some people got their hopes up for something and it did not happen, and then it turns out that it happened the next day later. So this is in reference to a listener question follow-up. Yeah. We have we have yes. a, fin- a finale to it. Yeah, so how did it go with the listener that was told to go on the date by us with the Oh yeah, so that listener um had a uh kind of not the varsity date, not the primetime date, kind of got like the uh noon on BTN date the following Oof. day. Uh <laughs> from what I know everything went great. And then Saturday Basketball game was great. And then the boys took on the Sino. I did uh, did see this, that. Has anyone ever called it the Sino? <laughs> yeah, the Sino, the casino. <laughs> the, the Nino. The Sino, the casino, you know, Soren Eagle. Not I think it's at, Nino. Uh, great place. It was alive and well on a Saturday night. Busy, packed. Um, hard to find tables, hard to find cheap tables. Mm. Uh, some people won, some people didn't. All in all, it was a good time. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, not good. You do any? Not uh, good. Not good at all. Do any card counting when you're up there? I try to, but I just. I thought the feds are going to be at your door. Like the, well, it's illegal, Evan. So we shouldn't have said I that. I understand that. It's frowned upon, basically. Um, Evan's not. None of us are intelligent enough to do that. I Speak for yourself. Like the decks, like they would do blackjack, the decks were just bigger. Than what they actually are. It seemed like they were shuffling them like every like three hands, and it just got annoying at one point. I think it just depends on the table you're at. Some have those like giant ones, and it looks like they put like four decks in them, and they just it go through that. Like whole it thing. had like four or five decks, but it just like running through that, and so it, like on a lot of dead time. Hmm. How late do you stay? Uh, we got there around. I don't even know what time we got there. How did we get there? I don't know. I asked. (laughs) He looked out the window like he was asking someone to answer for him. (laughs) We got there around 8. I think we left around 10, 30, 11. We weren't weren't there too long. I don't remember what time we got there. You can never be there too long. The Sword and Eagle, I forget. Do they give out free drinks? Yes. Uh, Not booze. Not booze, but everything else is free. Oh, that's lame. They should be boozing you up for free. They also have like their own like dispenser. Like you can go up and just get your own drinks now. You don't have to like be waited. Mm. I thought you were talking um, about weed. Dispensary. Not smoking yeah, too. So there's no more smoking inside of there. Really? Pump. That's got to be new. Last time I was there, it was a cigarette madhouse. Yeah, the old ladies love to rip cigs and pull their slots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was quality time. Nice. Alex, you're weak, man. What'd you do? Well, uh, nothing. I went home to my uh That's something. My hometown. I watched the dog. Home is where the heart is. Yeah. Talk your family's my like, oh, Dad. <laughs> your family's who's listening to this right now. Alex goes, I did nothing this week of importance. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I actually visited my family. They gotta feel like yeah, ten but my, feet two feet tall right now. My dad and sister weren't there. So just my mom. So just some quality time with my mom and the dog. And then uh, Sunday, I went to a birthday brunch. 
Bougie. Uh, yeah. You don't have to put that in, but I'm just telling Evan for context. Zane's birthday. <laughs> um, the famous singer from One Direction. Yeah. Um, and then I yeah I really didn't do anything exciting in the last week. I went to the game yesterday, but I figured yeah. we'd talk about that later. Yeah, good point. So you did, yeah. But other than that, nothing. All right. Well, I have a couple things here. More some just random thoughts I had during the week than actual events. Saturday, I spent a good chunk of my day watching youth basketball for like the first time in forever. And my only main takeaway, we're talking like first and fourth grade type oh, of basketball. Guys <laughs> and girls. Uh, both girls oh. in the morning and guys at night or I, afternoon. I've ref those age groups, and there's nothing worse than like first through fourth grade girls basketball. The refing, sorry, was, all the female it, listeners. The refing is an interesting discussion because the first grade, like co-ed league, it was co-ed, not just just females, but the rest were high school girls. They didn't call anything because, like, unless the ball went out of bounds, because like you can't call travels because you'd be blowing your whistle nonstop. But then. It was funny, and then the fourth grade boys, they were like good enough skill level wise where if it was a egregious travel, they would call it. And these were like old grandpa, like high school refs. So I was just thinking, and they were in like full zebra outfit. And I was like, wow, I am. They they had to be strapping up in the morning. Like, I can't believe I'm doing this for probably like $15 an hour. (laughs) Just calling Tommy for travels when he doesn't know that he has to dribble. But the main takeaway I had was the amount of like, oh, whenever a shot hits the rim is like out of control. Like these parents, like <laughs> this shot could be like not even close to going in. If it just even sniffs the basket, they're just so not used to it. They go, oh, man, like ever, like 25 times a game. It's like, come on, guys. Try, like, sweetie. Yeah. Go, Abby. <laughs> yeah. Just the audible like of the crowd is so funny and i was like thinking like imagine if that translated to like a college basketball game like obviously people when it like rims in and out you're like oh but like every single shot it's 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 a lot um so that was that now for people that tend to get grossed out at, at things i guess maybe a little, little warning here um oh. I, I scraped the dead skin off my feet for the first time in like oh. 20 plus years 15 plus years like i d- never like do any foot care i don't i've never been to a salon i've never gotten uh this pedicure toes i've never gotten one of those i've never had dead skin but what happened was i was going to bed one night i don't wear socks to bed like a normal person and my feet bumped up against each other and like my big toe felt the heel on my other foot and it was like rock hard and i was like oh god like this is like a problem like my skin i haven't just jumped in a seat i really don't like feet i was like gross this is why i warned you i said my like heels should not feel that dead and just like numb i don't know so i was like i I went on amazon as anyone does and i bought basically a cheese grater that's what these things look like i guess (laughs) they look like a cheese grater and then you get a little filing thing i came the next day because amazon's amazing and then I sat there in the, the tub, my foot draped over, and I just went scraping. And the amount of stuff that came off my foot was insane. <laughs> just little pieces of foot cheese. And then, Ew, dude. <laughs> what the fuck is that? That's what it looks like. Like your shred. Foot cheese? Foot cheese. Dude. And then I smoothed Ew. it out, and I did that once, and it felt good. And then I did it uh, on Monday as well. So I've done it twice since I bought it. And my feet are noticeably different. There's still a long way to go, but I'm doing like undoing like 15 plus years of 
insane foot damage. Um, so, speaking of that, it did remind me of one thing that was kind of exciting from my week. I got a nose trimmer, and I I trimmed my nose for the first time. Just life altering. Just some adult shit right now on yeah. weekly recaps. Yeah, some good shit right here. Just taking care of ourselves. Haven't you ever trimmed your nose? Yes, I've had one for two or three years now. Oh, oh do not right. hurt me. Sorry, I haven't hit adulthood a little earlier. Yeah. Yeah, well, I was. Cares. I mean, I got. I had a hairy, hairy nose. I was like, I got to do something about this. So, finally, took care of it, and I feel like I can breathe better. Really? Yeah. I might have to try this out. Although I think it's gross if we share one. You're not using the one I have. <laughs> All right. I get it. I feel that way about when people share deodorant. So I, I can definitely see it apply to noses. To continue yeah. on the theme of taking care of ourselves, I decided, guys, uh, call it a March resolution, wherever you want, an early year resolution. I'm going to start stretching more. I've reached the age of 24 where I just can't go out there and give it my all, whether that be shooting basketballs. Like we talked about my back. We talked, you know, <laughs> lifting. What is wrong with you? I'm stretching more. I found a great five-minute daily routine on YouTube today, and I tried it. And boy, let me tell you, I was just doing a basic yoga position, kind of like the Spider-Man um, stretch we used to do in high school. You guys remember where you put one leg out from a plank position and you wrap your leg in? You hold that for like 30 seconds. Dude, that hurts. And that is tough to do. And I'm like, yep, this is a great sign, Grant, that you need to do this once a day in the morning. So this is my accountability factor here. I'm going to stretch more and I need everyone that listens to the show to keep me accountable and shame me if I don't. So I'll give weekly updates. I'll believe it when I see it. And become limber like Gumby. Another another item. Only two more guys. Quickly, Batman. Yeah, I mean, your your week is really exhilarating. I have a lot of thoughts. Sometimes I'm like, oh, that'd be good for the show. Batman movie is coming up. Go see it mm. if you're a listener, because we like we do a James Bond. We will be doing a Batman recap mm. in the near next future. Show. Probably next show. Next Evan, show. You I mean, better Ev- see it. Evan sees movies was- the day they came out. So I I, assume- all- I already have plans to go see it Thursday and Friday. Well, I've already bought my tickets as well. Like this coming Thursday and Friday? Tomorrow, I'm going to see it. And All right. I, so I yeah. wanted to go tomorrow. We have I wanted plan. to go to tomorrow. Someone didn't want to go because Michigan plays, I guess. Whatever. Well, so that means both of you. Are you both of you giving up on Michigan State basketball? I honestly well, forgot because I'm not used to them playing uh, on a day's rest. No, um, I'm going after the game. Late night. A little late night. Late Pays night to be in college. Yeah. Um, and it's a three-hour movie, Evan. You're gonna be up late. Alex, I go to. I, you think Evan cares? You're uh, so, he does. He does night. complain about sleep sometimes. If those glasses didn't make you look nerdy enough, that comment alone. <laughs> They're just glasses, man. <laughs> Lastly, I need a shamrock shake in my life. So, oh, gross, Evan. Forewarning, like I they're gross, a, dude. No, they're I used to be gross. a fan of like, like I, I won't say fan, but I could tolerate like mint stuff. Until my brother just ruined the whole like mint eating, like anything flavored mint just ruined it for me forever. It was like a glass shattering moment. I can't unsee it or untaste it. And somebody asked like something about like mint, maybe mint chocolate chip or maybe something like that. And I said, eh, I don't really like them. He's like, why would somebody voluntarily like drink a shamrock shake? Like they're drinking toothpaste at that point. But it's. It's true. You are taste. drinking the flavor no. of toothpaste voluntarily. <laughs> I, can't, I can't get out of my head. So anytime somebody asks something for like mint, nope. I get 
that Gum. statement, but like sweetened ice cream dairy products don't taste like toothpaste. Shamrock shakes are gross. Next. You're gross. Next. A lot of people love them. Yeah, me included. Yeah. A lot of people are losers too. <laughs> Since when did we shame people for their taste buds? I didn't say it was because of Shamrock Shakes. I just said there's a lot of losers. Um, That's true. There are. I agree with that sentiment. College basketball. Let's get into our first topic of sports for the week. I think since we just got our weekly recaps, I, I kind of want to hear Alex just talk about his game experience because we have gotten views of game experiences from Evan throughout the season at in India zone on the front lines. But Alex went into the enemy territory of the silent library at Chrysler center and just kind of let us know what that experience was like. Well, you know, I got there, uh, at like eight 25, I think like eight 20. So somewhere like 10 minutes before the game, big baller Up, status, upper deck. No one. I mean, there was no one there. There's a lot of empty seats. So I was like, wow, this game's going to be super quiet and, suck i'll give it to the fans that were there they're pretty loud and uh it's not i guess hard to be that loud their gym is not super big you guys have both been in it but it seems like it's really good for making a bunch of noise but you know overall game experience it's a nice it's a nice arena it's not bad the fans are they weren't mean you know no one said anything to me thought that i thought i'd get some comments nothing uh the maze rage it's like it looks like there's 20 of them compared to the zone but you know not every student section can be that good so spring shout break out you evan the maze rage is not obviously not as good as the zone but spring break is definitely hurting the attendance well, I, during the main, my main they were full in there just my main thought was the zone has just wait like double the seating like you can fill there's more seats for the zone than there is yeah the maze rage they definitely did not build out the Maze Rage to be like a full lower bowl experience. No, no. But the fans were pretty rowdy. Um, I got to see Hunter Dickinson up close and personal for the first time. Uh, I was close enough where I could pretty much hear what he was saying. Guy is a dweeb, but you know, you had to tip your cap to a good basketball player. But when he, uh, he was flexing, he's looking just right in like. My general area at you? Uh, no, just like he listens to the in, show and he knows you in hate our him. in our area, and he's just screaming, "I'm that dude!" And I was like, "Oh my god, man! How can you like this guy if you're just like even if you're a Michigan fan, you got to think his antics are just out of out of line, ridiculous, uh, but wrong." But uh, that's what I thought. But all the Michigan fans around me were just eating it up. They thought it was the coolest, greatest thing I've ever seen. The two kids in front of me stood up and they're going, yeah. they're like trying to pump up the crowd. They're like waving their hands and like, guys, this game's been over since like the eight minute mark in the first half. There's only like five minutes left. Like, just chill out when Dickinson did his, you know, cool little dunk thing. So the fans were rowdy. My biggest takeaway non-Michigan experience was when Mel Tucker walked in, it was like the president of the United States walked into the building and everyone was like in awe of him. It was crazy. Like Michigan fans were like, oh my God, Mel Tucker. And there's a line of Michigan fans at halftime to like take pictures with him. 
and like shake his hand. There's a bunch of Michigan State fans yelling "Tut Common." Like I thought, like he like overshadowed the basketball game, which I didn't think was possible. And he sat center court, front row, at an opposing team's gym. I don't know how that happens if you're in Michigan to just let him do that, but that was stunning. He was really close to me, so it was pretty cool. The game sucked though. Is he coming on to our next show? Mel, uh, one of the guys I was with was going to get a picture with him, and uh, the Michigan, like, uh, the guys that, like, stand in the aisles. Ushers? Those, yeah, ushers. He, Usher, uh, baby. Mel was walking up to take a picture with him, like, up the bleachers, and the usher's like, no, he cannot go up there. <laughs> I was like, what? The power struggle of these ushers. And then this other usher was wearing bright neon shoes with khakis. And he was like, he was like on center court during timeouts. And they were playing some song. I can't remember it. And he's going like this. And he's like clapping his hands. I'm like, you love your job too much, man. You're an usher. You're not, you're not usher and the and center court performing in your neon tennis shoes, but yeah, you know, overall, good experience. Minus the game. Mel Tucker's a cool guy. Mel Tucker does have good drip. Enrico Beard was there. Two Coca-Colas in hand. <laughs> cans. I just don't even know what Two to say. Coca-Cola <laughs> cans. Where do you even get those at a basketball game? Probably the press area that we're going to be in one day when they finally give us credentials. I was listening to the post-game stuff from it. I was like, if you let one of us have one of those credentials around our neck, we probably would ask the most dumb questions to those guys after the game. But people would probably love it because like the recycled media questions that everyone asks are so dumb. Like, I don't know. There was this made me think there was one Michigan reporter that kept asking every single Michigan person, coach, and the two players, how come like did you think it was weird Frankie Collins didn't get more run in the second half after his like nice first half? And it was like, why would you ask that? Like, no. Like Devontae Jones had two fouls. That's why Frankie Collins played. You thought he was gonna play 25 minutes, 20 minutes in the second half. That's not how this team works. But it would we would probably ask a lot of insightful questions. Um I, how do you we? guys Yeah, I think well, like I think things that like normal people think about, like more not just like, oh, what does it mean to beat your rival? Like to cookie. That's hard like, hitting questions. Yeah, like that's like cookie cutter stuff. Like I think we would what ask. What did you say to Hunter Dickinson time is though? Yeah, I would ask that point blank. And if they said I can't answer it, but okay. Staring at me. <laughs> um, I, how, how do you guys want to just want to bop back and forth about takeaways from this game? And then other thoughts about the team? No Teams. comment on the game. Mm. What? Alex? You go ahead first, Grant, because you're, you're on the winning side. Okay. Thank yeah, you, there's Evan. not a lot of good things to say. Um, for us. Well, I'll, I'm not going to rehash my recap video, but it was, say, like just for the show, like I couldn't have lost all three meetings between these two teams. We might get one more in the tournament, maybe, but like losing football and then both basketball meetings would have been so tough because I'd have like no leg to stand on or anything because like it's it just comes off such a hater Michigan fan. If like when I tried saying it was like midway when Michigan lost to Minnesota and then when Michigan State, I forget who the loss was maybe penn state northwestern Northwestern. like i knew middle of the season these teams weren't very good like they're going to be average every up and down roller coaster teams but it kind of just like doesn't come off as genuine when the team i root for 
loses to them by like 15 and then you're like okay well we have to wait for this next meet and blah 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 so it was nice that they won so it like illustrates the point if i didn't think there was a massive gap between these two teams all year and they're both pretty mid as as kids are saying these days um what i will say is i love phil martelli i love him he's awesome i enjoy him being the coach of michigan Ooh. Alex, one other thing. Hop on Phil, Phil Martelli's khakis. <laughs> we got to get him some better fitting khakis. They no, were like, I don't think so. I dude, think we baggiest at the ankles of all time. They like engulfed his whole, whole tennis shoe. Yeah, it's awesome. I was, I looked at him like that guy's coaching this basketball team right now in that outfit. Double XL quarter zip and the world's biggest khakis. He's yeah, not that it. big. One word comfortability. <laughs> um, so basically with this Michigan team, if any if, if you haven't figured it out by now, their shooting and their defense are just so up and down roller coaster rides throughout the season. I mean, one game they'll shoot fifty percent, fit to sixty percent from the field, one game they'll shoot twenty. Um, same with defense. Like you saw their defense played a much better game against Michigan State in transition and their ball screen coverage, and then against Illinois, they gave up almost a hundred points at home. Just so up and down. I mean, if you look at their like last five or their win-loss in the last seven it's basically win-loss 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 just every other game they decide to have a better or worse outcome so obviously for any sort of march success they're going to need to figure out how to string at least two wins together i will say caleb houston he's coming to life of what maybe i thought he was going to look like faster in the season which is good to see now the caveat the asterisk of that is it's all been at home essentially he had 21 points 21 points 16 points but he's just, if you look at his splits, he's a different shooter at home. So he's going to have to figure that out throughout his college career. I don't know how long it's going to be. We'll speculate later in the offseason. We can talk about if who's going to leave these teams. But for right now, like if he wants to have a better career in college, he's got to figure out the away shooting and neutral site shooting. Um, This was a thing we didn't really address last week. Now that we're in March, quick March Madness update for this team. I really think they just need one more win. They have three games guaranteed remaining. They have Iowa, Ohio State, and the Big Ten tournament. I think they just need one more to get in the tournament. I think if they win two, they like guarantee there'll be a bye. Right now, they're the they're the highest team on the last four buys for Lenardi. I know like some CBS projections have them lower, and it varies. But I think just based on what I understand from past years of the committee and the net ranking. And all the Ken Palm and stuff they look at, Michigan's numbers are pretty solid for like an at-large team to get in. So I think they just need one more. Like if they beat Iowa, I think they're for sure in the tournament. Um, not going to guarantee they'll get a bye. They could still be first four. So we'll see how that goes. And then I wanted to do this for fun. I'd like you guys to put a percentage on it too. I, I was thinking like, what is the percentage that this team can make the Sweet 16 if they were to get in? And just, you know, we we play the tournament blank out of 10 times. I think this team has the ability to make the Sweet 16 twice out of 10 times if they played it. So I would give them a 20% chance to reach the Sweet 16 as I sit here today. And also Ohio, Ohio State lost to Nebraska. I also wanted to include that in my Michigan recap. I'll give them a higher percent chance than that. That's like 35. Talk to me nice. Right, I'll go 40 or 50% chance. I mean, you got a player always that said, can It's take always over. about the draw, but... What Michigan's potentially like the worst case scenario would be a nine seed. Because you don't want to play a one. You have to play a one seed, but uh I think they match up fine with Gonzaga. Um Gonzaga's extremely overrated. 
Uh, Michigan has an 11, I think. That's a really good shot. Six and what's, three. Yeah, yeah, what's the best... I was I meant to look that up, but I ran out of time. What's the best like seed that you want to be to get the Sweet 16 if you're going to be like a higher seed? I think a 12. 11 or 12 would be 12, you play five and four. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's really nice. But you, the only thing is you probably get to the Sweet 16 and then you have to play the one, so you'd probably lose. But, but we're just trying to get the Sweet 16 right yeah, now. 12, 12 would be nice. 10 could be okay. Oh, 11's good too, a six and a three. Yeah. Yeah. I, just, I mean, I really, just you just don't want to be an eight or nine or I would, I would even say like 10 like because there's going to be some good twos yeah but i'd rather play a two than a one i've seen my team as a seven beat the two and go to a final four so it's yeah super scary it the twos aren't the twos it, aren't it, terrifying. But nowadays, like they changed like the like alex touched on last year they changed the way that they do the seating so it's completely different than what it was like the old style yeah. Uh, so you never know what two you're actually getting. It's all geographic location now. Yeah. Which is which is weird, but money purposes. Whatever. If you That's get been... Kentucky, yeah, it's a terrible matchup. Yeah, they're like on the two line. Like, I don't need to see the two lines right now is Wisconsin, Duke, Kentucky, Auburn, and I don't think you'd get Wisconsin because we're the same conference, and I don't like either. Having no, to play either geographic. They don't really care about that anymore. Maybe. There's I mean, a lot Michigan State, Michigan. We're in the same bracket last year, but we like would have played in the second round. Three years we ago. played Minnesota in the second round to yeah. the last tournament before last. All right. Um, I'll kick it to Evan now. Pass the rock to Evan. Your thoughts on anything I said or things you saw from the Michigan State side? Um, if, if you want to rip some butts here, I'm I'm here for it. it. It's, I mean, it's the same stuff we've been talking about. It's the inconsistent play and then, like, the leadership. But, like, the leadership and the lack of effort, focus, and energy coming out in a rivalry game, I just don't understand how you can't do that. I don't I don't know where it's from. And it hurts that Hogard was uh, – I'm shockingly saying this from the beginning of the year, but it hurts that he was sick and didn't get to start and play the minutes because I think at times he's the energy guy. He's the one. He's driving the solution. The Please refer to him as the solution going forward. You can talk to him about him later. Um, Grant, don't close your eyes. A Michigan fan it, came up with that. Yeah, it hurts. It's a joke. Um, and then this team just, once you get down, it just snowballs to a point where now you're down so much that you can't really get back. Yeah, we got back for like 11 or 12, and then. Michigan, to their credit, they just slow the game down, and we're just going to throw it down to Dickinson and see if you can stop it. We did a couple times, but we didn't execute on plays. Um, one play that stood out, I think we were, we had an 11-point game, forced a bad shot or, like, a loose ball. Uh, Musa was posting up Hall in, like, the TV side corner, and I think he was too far away from the block, and Christy helped for some reason on that. Left Devontae Jones wide open on a three-point line. Yes, Devontae Jones might be shooting 20-some percent from the three-point line. But that late in the shot clock, you basically just give him the one-on-one matchup. I trust Hall in one-on-one matchup. And then now it just balloons up to 14 when you somewhat had momentum there. My that dad was, said that, was that the in shot. the arena. That was the shot that I was like, I felt, I was, because like, you guys were going fast a little bit. Gabe Brown had a decent game and he made a transition pull up or whatever around there. I was like, oh boy, yeah, this could get within 10. Out. Yeah. This could get within 10 and then that Devontae Jones. And to be fair, yeah, he had been shooting 18% in the, through 
all of February. Like he's been about 30% on the year, but shooting really bad. But like he's a, he's a gamer. So yeah, you just, even the sky import might be don't, yes. but don't help off that. It's not like Dickinson grabbed the loose ball. It's Musa versus Malik Hall. It's not a mismatch. It's one-on-one. He's not really in quality position. There was like seven or eight seconds left on the shot clock. So, and that's when, when you, when you help on a shooting guard or any guard that's going to shoot from the perimeter, later in the shot clock's better for them because they don't have to think about it. It's a catch and release. They don't care what any defender is, and they don't care what they have to do with the ball next. I feel like that was a big play. Um, you know, we were fighting there 12, 10 there for a while, and then just got out of hand. Uh, Post-defense, still. Um, Dickinson ate our lunch in the second half. He did get most of his points from, like, the free throw line, So, but I'm mean, credit to him. And then Michigan just shot very well, and I think... As the underdog going in there, you have to start fast and you have to like maintain like your philosophy of what we're going to do in that game. And then just letting Michigan get the momentum and get the energy from the arena is what it was the downfall because the team can't bounce back as well if they were at home. And then I think it's complete 180. You touched on a little bit, Grant, just like the pick and roll defense. Uh, you saw multiple times Michigan was running kind of the double screen dribble handoff or handoff to the guy in the corner coming off of two screens. So now you're fighting through two high picks. You either chase or you go under. And then it put like our big man in that weird, awkward spot to hedge because Dickinson would be like the second guy handing the ball off and he can flash to the rim. Um, That gave us tons of fits. I was screaming at the beginning of the half to don't go under and chase him. But it didn't help. No matter what we did, it didn't help. I think that Michigan had a really good game plan. Well, yeah, real quickly, since that's a good X's and O's moment, is I talked about in my Twitter recap, but the the ball screen on Michigan's defensive side of the ball was a huge part of this game because in game one at Breslin, it was just so mind numbing why they were having Dickinson like show, not hard hedge, but show. And he's like a lead foot. And so he'd get driven by. And they were like, okay. And I, I said before the game, don't do that. Play him how Kofi Coburn plays for Illinois because Illinois has given everyone in the Big Ten and Michigan State as well fits. And finally, they did that where Dickinson was just... There was one time when Matty Sissoko was at the top of the three-point line and Dickinson was just standing under the basket and that was his man. And it's like, is, if you can keep Dickinson in the paint as much as you can, do that. And then the stunning thing, though, which I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts on, it's this whole up and down like roller coaster ride of Tyson Walker, which has to be maddening his fans, is they even went under screens on Tyson Walker, who's shooting like fifty-seven percent from three, and Tyson Walker didn't look to shoot from three like once off the dribble at all. It's stunning. I couldn't believe it, and it, it, the the game plan worked perfectly. They dared him to shoot, and neither of the point guards. I don't expect Hogard to shoot, but neither of them shot. Tyson Walker well, passed up so many threes. And I think yeah, I mean, Hogard didn't even really hurt. play in the second half, so. Like, Hogarth's best when he's in the pick-and-roll situation. He's driving towards the rim. And with Hogarth not coming in, I feel like Tyson Walker probably had a different role in facilitating the offense um, to where now he's got to stay out there. And if he's losing confidence in the shot early, it's going to hurt. But I, I understand completely understand the frustration and the question mark. of If you're open, Tyson Walker, you need to shoot, and he needs to shoot, like, 12 to 15 times a game. Like, cause if he, if he makes like one or two threes in the first half off that coverage, Michigan has to probably make a change and then it just opens, it it opens everything up and he didn't even try to shoot. No, I'm starting to wonder 
if it's a totally 100% Tyson Walker just not shooting or if Izzo really wants us to run the offense, go through all all his sets and all that, and he just doesn't want to shoot early in the shot clock. Because in person, there was three to four feet between Walker and the defender every single possession. Yeah, and on, on his makes that he did make, like the little elbow pull-ups, wide open. Like, yeah, that no, is like no one around. It was in like the gym, empty shots. And he has, it was crazy. So I just I'm wondering if it's all Walker, if it's a mix of both. Is 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 a really want to like run through sets and get better looks than that? Does he think we can get better looks than that? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not in the huddle, so I don't know. But it was definitely maddening to watch. And by the time like he starts doing it, it's 15 point game, so it doesn't matter. I'm, I would say it's a little bit of both. I would say it's like part of walker you know you gotta get the confidence gotta flow the offense and you don't want to shoot too much to where now you're taking bad shots but then also you gotta set up like you need to shoot more i would say it's a little yeah. bit of both you know Izzo telling him what to do and then also him just either deciding not to or i mean we need as fans we need tyson walker to do what he did against illinois where he's not really looking to facilitate he's looking to score and be the guy and he's very capable of doing it he's a great shooter uh but like for one example during the game i noticed he missed a three next possession down michigan left five feet between him he was on the three-point line had the most wide open shot from the top of the key i've ever seen and he didn't even look at the hoop wasn't even considering it so i don't know if one miss deteriorates his confidence that much like right away where he's not even going to think about it the next possession, but he could have had the most wide open look of all time. And he didn't even, didn't even look up just immediately passed it. I saw some criticism on Twitter from Michigan state fans. And I'm curious what your guys' thoughts are on a lack of, and it's been a theme throughout the season, just from talking to you guys, a lack of Tom Izzo timeouts when it feels like runs are starting for the other team, like most notably the 14-0 run. Do you guys get annoyed watching that? And like, why can't we stop this at seven to nothing run? Yes, I was visibly upset. And I get it. If you just call the timeout, you don't want to burn another one right away because, you know, whatever. But yeah, sometimes it feels like he waits too long. And people have been griping about that for years, though. So it's... It's one of those things, you know, you could call a timeout and then they could go on another run right after it anyways. It might not even matter. Yeah, I guess like it's one of those things where it's maybe like Patriot fans questioning Bill Belichick with strategic decisions. You kind of just have to be like, well, like, if, if Izzo really thinks the timeout's not going to make a difference here, I don't have much of a reason to think he's going to be wrong. So, But like sometimes Jawan will do that where he'll let runs go. And I loved in the second half, Michigan State cut it maybe to like 11, which isn't even that close, but like. It felt like a decent-sized run at the time. But, like, Martelli called a timeout right away and, like, stopped it in the second half. And I was like, I like that he took one there, even though it was only, like, a 5-0 run just to stop it in its tracks. And hopefully this doesn't get underneath 10. Yeah. No, I agree. I thought that timeout was was good. Slowed everything down. Yeah. Um, so, I guess, no. No, I don't get annoyed I don't get mad at him, but I, it is it can be frustrating. Any thoughts from you, Evan, on that, or any other thoughts? It's almost damned if you do, damned if you don't. In some situation, yes, if you do call a timeout and you stop the run, obviously everyone's going to praise you for it. But 
it's he's always been stubborn with timeouts, so I don't know why he would change it in just one instance. Um, yeah, people have complained about this for always. Yeah, so. and at some point, you you hopefully he probably trusts somebody on the court to like rally the troops and get somebody together. Um, that's probably why he's so frustrated at the end of post game, um, just to like die it down or run a quality play. And the first half we we had open shots and just weren't hitting. Yeah, we went through that stretch of like six misses in a row. And yeah, you look at the bench and they just all look defeated. Ooh, I don't know what about, this team uh, talk about body language. Millie Call is some of the worst body language in the country. It was pretty so bad, bad yesterday. Um, also noted, Malik Carr not there, <laughs> so he might be just back to football team. Hard <laughs> analysis from Alex. Um, did not see him there. One point I need to get off to do a little ending discussion here. We'll probably hammer home maybe the frustrations with the Michigan State team. And I for this for Michigan State fans out there, please just take off the blinders of Grant's a Michigan fan. Like I know there's a bunch of problems wrong with the team I root for as well. But this is something I think this when it jumps out to me, I know it's an issue. Is like the biggest thing that I'm, and I, you've got to touch on it a little bit, but I just want to like really hammer it home. The biggest thing that's like missing from this Michigan State team, which is kind of crazy, and it even goes back a little bit to last year of the the struggles of the two year, is like the the phrase Spartan dogs and all that. There's just like no dog with a WG on this team, in my opinion. And it's just so stunning to see like a Michigan State team have that. When I think about the Michigan State teams that you just know when you play them, like you're running into Denzel Valentine's, you're running into Draymond Greens. I'd even give Travis Trice some dog, Kalen Lucas. I wrote down names of guys were like, God, that guy's a mother effort and I do not want to have to face him. And he is going to give the team I root for 40 minutes of hell. And there's just no guy in this team that like I feel that way. And the biggest example, which is something we should touch on a little bit because it was a good side storyline was like for the rivalry is that like. The fact that Tom Izzo has to talk to refs about Hunter Dickinson talking to the bench and it's not settled by anyone on the court with a hard foul is like the biggest alarming thing. Like, why is Tom Izzo having to deal with Hunter Dickinson's antics? Why is Maddie Sissoko? Why is Julius Marble? Why is Bingham the big one of the biggest front runners in America when things are going great? He's just like, oh, yeah, and things are going bad. He's like slumped on the bench. Why is he not dealing with that problem? Why is Tom Izzo having to deal with that problem? And that's where I would be most upset if I had a ruling interest in the team is like where is the dog in this team there were well in person when i noticed i haven't been to every game like evan so he could probably touch on it more the only two people i saw during the game i will say that usually aj hogard is like you know talking trash he's doing all that garbage he, he likes to talk he was sick today or yesterday so he wasn't really doing much but the only players i saw that were really like trying to get the team going and like jawing back at Michigan players was Sissoko who barely plays and the Ferris state like walk on kid. This is the only two I saw doing anything. And it's just stunning because I've watched gritty Spartan dog type teams. You know, you'll remember playing them. This team Brandon Dawson, like, yeah, he was kind of a softy. I mean, he broke his hand on the table Kind of got in his own head a lot. All right, fine. Maybe I missed Really good player, one. though. Yeah, it was super important in a Final Four run. Yeah, I don't know. There's no, not much dog in this team. I thought the Purdue game, they were they were tough, you know. They weren't as soft as they had been. And then you think, you know, rivalry game, you'd get up for it. But they, they struggled to get up on Tuesday night games. I don't know why. I've never seen it dwindle this bad, really, where they just can't ever come out with consistent energy 
and I think that sentence right there that like it's just this whole it, it's true but it's just this whole narrative of like the Tuesday like that is enough to tell you that the point is there like there's no dog like dogs don't care if it's a Tuesday night no against that's rival. what I like, mean it dogs are gonna go out and like play and at least if they're gonna lose they're gonna lose and like make the other team at least feel you for 40 minutes there's like none of that I know Evan's gotta have some thoughts on it so passing the ball to Evan here not much he, it just the lack of confidence and lack of energy and focus so like where this team if they're not playing well they're not going to fight back to a to an extent they're not going to show it a fighting back um some people might show it on the court and then also like the road games i think this team feeds off of the home crowd more than any team we've had in the past like they, they need a crowd to do anything the home the home stands um to where it hurts and you really don't have like a four-year starter um, that's going to say anything. And I, that's why Izzo's probably so upset. That's why I don't know the what the players are thinking. But I mean, the blame can't also go all on the players. I mean, you have to at least look at the leadership at some point, wonder why you can't get your team to get up and what, yeah. what's happening behind the scenes. So I'm not just going to be like, yeah, it's all these 18 to 22-year-olds. It's all their fault. It's not all no, their it's fault. it's 50-50. It's players and coaches, 100%. But it's just it's mind-boggling. I, I'm fine with losing if we're going to lose games, but I'm not fine with losing where you just get your doors blown off three straight times on the road and you just look like you don't even care. I'll question the coaching axes and those and player subs and timeouts and all that, but, I mean, effort is a choice by each individual. And agreed. Yeah, agreed will question the players on effort out there and what were you doing on this defensive possession or going to get a loose ball or going to get fighting for a rebound or just watching your teammate get bodied. So all and those little things. Just body language on the bench. Like we see in the NFL going on a tie back to that. Like there's a lot of questions around Kyler Murray because when you they zoom in on him on games, he's like sitting by himself kind of moping, whereas Joe Burrow and other quarter, but Josh Allen and Mahomes is are up and at him talking to their teammates, Tom Brady's like trying to get better. It's just like when the cameras are on you and you look like Malik Cullen Bingham did after Tom Izzo was done yelling at the refs about Hunter Dickinson. You're just like, where is the fight in this team? Unbelievable. I think it just shows Xavier Tillman was uh, another was just dog. like the definition of grit. And once he left, you know, we have not had it since. Yeah. Granted, it's only two years, but all I can think back to is Aaron Henry crying on the bench against Duke. And that's that's like my burning image of this basketball team. He had Aaron a little, Henry's not even on the team anymore. He had a little dog his senior year. I'd give he him. didn't box out in the first four game, Grant, and we lost because of that. Well, boxing out's hard. No, it's all <laughs> effort. It's all effort. Um, loafers. We got some loafers. Any vibe checks for the remaining games you guys have this week? Um, Maryland, are not good. You know, they're playing well. I think they're playing for the coach. I think they're playing for each other. Uh, at home, though, so... Good for our team senior night. You know, kind of energy in the crowd will be a little bit different. Uh, then Thursday is kind of uh, who sucks less at this point in the season. Um, we did beat Purdue. We had upper battle up and down. Uh, Feels Ohio like State that was two months Illinois. ago. It's weird. Illinois <laughs> did beat Ill- Ohio State did beat Illinois, but they lost to Maryland, and then they just lost to Nebraska. So both teams desperate. Yes. Yeah. And there's nothing like a desperate team, Grant. That's right. The desperation off. We have to face a desperate team. The problem is we're on the road. And we don't play well on the road ever since my comment saying we were good on the road because we hadn't lost on the road at that point. 
And then I think since like, then, we've lost like every single one. Don't worry, I, yeah, I'm I think it's like NCAA tournament games to the Breslin, so <laughs> we'll have an advantage. I think Michigan State's chances of making the Sweet 16 at Breslin Center, 75%. Oh, yeah. I think it's, yeah, one or two road wins since the new year. I think something like that. Well, Michigan State, similar to Michigan in their last 12 games, are five and seven. So they're just win, loss, win, loss, loss, win, loss, win, loss, 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 win. Well, we're not five and seven over here. We're, we're trending up. But inconsistent. I mean, win loss, win loss. Is that's you, my point. We're nearly five hundred in the last twelve. When you start the year so bad, you get a couple wins in a row. You're like, wow, we've really turned a corner. When you're still just up and down roller coaster city. Vibe yeah. check on the other side. I think Iowa's the game you got to win because I think going at Ohio State is going to be tough, and it's tough to beat a team twice in the league. So who knows? But it's at home, and Martelli said he's going to bust the team in practice today and not let their confidence get too high. And I trust that man. So hopefully they can pull off a win against Iowa, who only has one quad one win still. I'm still on the fate Iowa train. I can't hey, wait. To last win. night was not a quad one win for Michigan. So I know. That's that's tough. Too. We are now no Your longer shoes. quad one win for teams. So. <laughs> well, if you guys beat Ohio State, you might sneak up there maybe to 30. So hopefully that happens. And also, I would love to have four home games to end the season before like, you go on the road for the last game of the year. Um, I wish yeah. whoever made that schedule, yes, this was a makeup, but they would have had three. Yeah. yeah, Michigan really helps, State's schedule also really, really, really bad for this team because you know they got to play all the bad teams first and all the good teams last. Just really bad, uh, bad scheduling. I hope that doesn't happen again next year. Yeah, and I think we 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 kind of touched on Hogard's effect in that listener question there, so we didn't exactly read it, but there was a question about AJ Hogard and his impact, and we discussed it. He does. Uh, the, the, the brief, quick matter of fact is when AJ Hogard plays well, Michigan State wins. When he plays bad, they lose. And that's like a statistical fact. There's yeah. an article in the Lansing State Journal. Go read it if you can. But I still will say that, like, if AJ Hogard is the solution and the guy, like, your ceiling's pretty limited if he's the guy. I think, he's, I think he has <laughs> some like, more dog in him than you think. Right, but I'm not going to walk back my early season takes that I don't like think he's that good. And I like if he's the I think ceiling, he's good. I think he's a good all player. Right. All right. He is. He is a good player. All right. I'm, I'm curious to see what hardware he brings home in East Lansing over his tenure. Um, let's move that was disrespectful. To, Super what? disrespectful. No, that's my take on this guy. I can't not like a player. You can. Grant also mentioned, just so all the listeners can be aware, <laughs> he says he could beat A.J. Hogard in one-on-one. So I said no, some I disrespectful didn't. things about Michigan's players last night in the heat of the moment. So No, Grant said this months ago, Evan. That's a good point, too, Evan, is I feel like I've matured I said, a little bit. There was little a bit. player on Michigan's team that I said I could guard him out there and he would not score on me. And was also, it? he looks like Scrappy-Doo from the live-action Dude, that was tough for Terrence to hit those three threes because you had mentioned that one game. I was it like, "Oh my him, god!" But also, he hit those three. Th- he hit like the third one, like fading away in the corner. And I sc- yeah. when he like took it off, I was like, "No way!" And he makes that, and I was like, "This feels so bad" because I was literally talking crap about him like two weeks ago. <laughs> yes, yeah, that one was right was in my stu- face, and I was like, "There's no way he makes this." In Just fairness, he did completely airball one of them. He thought he yep. was so good. <laughs> the guy yes. behind me. Yelled airball the rest of the game anytime he touched the ball. No matter what. And all the Michigan fans thought it was hilarious. So good for that guy. But Evan, Alex basically told me last night that he's gotten so mature to the point where he doesn't even really dislike Michigan anymore. And he's basically no, also a fan of them. That's not what I... Oh, for okay, God. Okay, here's a question. I said Somebody I'm not going to hate people. 
Oh, positive. Mr. Positive. Gillen. Just not going to like hate them as a person when I don't even know them. I can be annoyed that they're beating my team, but I'm not going to be like, I f-ing hate that guy for no f-ing reason. I'm have not going to be a f-ing loser. Have you ever liked a Michigan basketball player? Liked? Like somebody like you, like, yeah, I can cheer for this guy. If he While wasn't wearing in Michigan? The Michigan uniform. Yep. Why they're wearing the Michigan uniform. Yeah, there's one guy that I do do like. I just oh, wow. liked his, his grittiness and story. Shondi oh, Brown. I thought he was a oh, cool yeah. guy. I liked him. I liked his toughness. He reminded me of a Michigan State basketball player. I actively cheered for Maudie Sissoko. When he got that and one Dickinson, <laughs> I said good for Maudie. <laughs> Why? I mean, you don't like anyone? You couldn't think of one guy? I've never sat there and been like, yeah, I like that Michigan player. I honestly, I certainly never. don't cheer for any of them. I've never, I said just you like the player. I just don't. And we asked like, in the entire question, like all of Michigan athletics, is there any like Michigan player that you liked? And I said no. You were frustrated last night. <laughs> I was an emotional wreck last night. And that's a good, it's a good I didn't point think the about, recap video was coming. It's a good point about the rivalry because I was, you know, like Alex got home and we were pretty civil. And I was just like, dude. Nah, Grant we, said some dumb things. We have, well, what I did, Evan, and you'll, I think you'll see it more my way is I was like, because obviously with the Juwan stuff, which was deserved, there was a lot of chirps from all angles of people. And now that we're on Twitter with all the, I see more Grant Michigan State backpacks stuff. any narrative he sees on Twitter from Michigan State fan base and says it's like he makes it seem like that's my opinion and then get like shoves that in my face. No, I don't. I don't you agree say it. with no. But you like you get mad about things you see on Twitter from like losers. That, yeah, like, and then, I have and nothing to do with. On the flip oh, side, I, I said some mean things about somebody on Twitter. Yeah, and, I, and, and <laughs> especially one Twitter account, and I said some mean things about this human being. Off the record again. <laughs> Off the record I, again. I oh, literally yeah, yeah. said some mean he's, things about him. He's a troll. And on the other side, you know, there's the whole blue wall that gets under people's skins. Like it's a rivalry, though, is what I was trying to tell Alex. Like, because I said what I did, Evan, is I was feeling good after the win. Like I needed that. I went back in our group chat and I was just checking, like making. I was like, oh, I don't because I didn't recall the group chat like talking any smack after Michigan State won, and you guys really didn't at all. And I was like, oh, well, I'm not going to talk smack or send any like memes because there were some funny memes I saw, but I'm not going to send them to the group if it also if trash talk wasn't started in the first place. And that's all. And I was like, you're a freak for even going back and looking. I'm like, I just well, no, think I- Grant's a receipt guy. He likes to pull the receipts of things we say, and then it's but fine. It, it, you can you do, do it too. You do it, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. done it too. I'm not saying I'm perfect either. I'm just and saying it, if you were just to send a meme because. Someone I'm not going to name that happens to be Evan's brother says something about your program. I don't think it's fair for all of us to get the ricochet shots. No, like it. It wasn't even receipts. It was just a vibe check. I'm like, what was the vibe when Michigan State won? You guys, no one really said anything. So I was like, I'm not going to do that for Michigan. I'm just going to enjoy it to myself, like any fan would. And I think there was. It's we are getting more mature. I would say in our rivalry, but I still want that. Like we have to be able to get under each other's skin when our teams play because then we just lost the rivalry. We have no problem getting under each other's skin. Like, zero issue. We can all get each other mad within minutes if we needed to. I'm just saying I don't really ever want to lose that. Even when I'm 30, I still want to be like, damn it, I wish my team had won the rivalry game. Yes, that's fine. What I don't need is that Dave Portnoy tweets about Little Sister and how sweet Michigan basketball is. See, you're rattled. If you're just going to be, like, ignorant... Then it's just, then it's that's dude, when you anger know, comes like, out. People like that, like he doesn't even watch the games. He's just literally just doing it to get you. It was mad just an it example. It was just an example of like what you could say that could be dumb. 
like yesterday, you're like, so is Michigan better if they make the Sweet 16? And I said, it depends, and you got mad. That was a philosophical question. That's a different debate is what signals a successful season. Yeah, and you got disappointed that I didn't say yes immediately. You raise a good point of it depends on your path. But I will go on the record. Alex is being a, you know, made a statement. He's not going to hate Michigan players. I will still hate players on rival teams. I still hate LeBron. I think there's a place for hating people in your heart. There's always room to need to hate someone. I can certainly be frustrated. If one of the Michigan players punched a Michigan State player, yes, hate is allowed. But if they just like scored 30 points, it didn't really make much of a scene unlike Dickinson yesterday. But just like, yeah, which is totally fair. I mean, I would if I were you. Are outrageous. So that's fair. But if a guy just like scored 30, he didn't really do anything. I'm not going to hate him. I'm just going to hate that he did that to my team. That's all I mean by that. I think that's reasonable. It's like a reasonable person would say that. Day different strokes for different folks, as they say. There's All no right. way you can't tell someone how to enjoy a rivalry. I'm not telling you how to enjoy. You can hate whoever you want. Good. I hate you. That's <laughs> fine. Just I'm moving out. <laughs> Whoa. All right. Let's do now more lighthearted the rest of the way. We got all that out of the way. Lions inside the den. Uh, stop right now if you haven't watched it. Go watch it. Uh, and then you'll get our right. reaction. I'll be back it. in a second. <laughs> that was a good one. That was good. Thanks. I think we used to do this just like everyone says something and we go around until we're out of stuff. I'm going to be honest. I don't have a ton for this one because it was pretty slow build up. Like the first episode's usually not great. But uh, Alex, I'll let you kick it off and we'll go. And, and then Evan and me and we'll just go around the horn. All right. Do Staley potty mouth. Jeez. Man. <laughs> F word every sentence. He's an NFL football coach. What do you expect? Cool. Totally fine with it. Like, I don't have do a problem expect? with it. You just, you're, just you're asking for like something I noticed. Like, wow, he swears like every sentence. Sounds like me or you or Grant. Yes. Not on the podcast, so we try to be better. Uh, I don't know what the circle order is. I can't. Yeah, we're not go, in I'll a go. circle. Um, Evan. I enjoyed how like authentic and like down to earth like our assistant coaches are. You don't want really to see like that side of them that much like you saw a little bit last year in inside the den but that was kind of more like training camp stuff but like when they're dealing with like college athletes and they're trying to give them an opportunity i think they were more like down to earth and like some assistant coaches out there yeah it was I, just, I guess i would say like i appreciate our our coaching staff that we have that dan campbell has built yes, same 100 um off of alex's point i had a comment about do Staley. A little bit different probably ties in with the swearing but just like he's a very intimidating human being like if i was in that room and he was telling me to like look at my playbook as much as i look at my phone i would be like yes sir yes sir i will do like he is an intimidating guy he's intense like, yes like really intense so that was a main takeaway too um from ben johnson i was getting like weird nerdy sean mcveigh vibes so that could be good for us Maybe it had to do with him being like white younger guy, but hopefully not. Hopefully it's just he is that way. Kyle Shanahan. I did wrote that. That was off mine. I wrote this felt like a little bit of Ben Johnson propaganda because it kind of sold me after I saw how he was explaining I, things. 
was getting into it too much. I'm like, he's going to be the real deal. And I was I like, this guy sounds, this guy sounds smart. Him. He talks with his hands. He looks trustworthy. He <laughs> explains things like that make it so simple. I'm like, wow, yeah. this guy knows what he's doing. He's like, we're going to be better today, but the defense is also going to get better, guys. So we yeah. really got to be on our A game. I was like, damn. I mean, he a lot spells of it out for you. <laughs> yes. Evan? Um, I guess one thing, one thing I really liked but also didn't like about this is like the breakdown when like the scouts um, were talking about players and when they went in their meeting room, they're talking about like free agents. I just the I have to know like the details and I want to know because I want to be inside that room at some point in my life. It just I wish I knew who they were talking about. Just I think who, I just, know just one name. Just <laughs> I like, did it. I'm sure I could piece something one one of the names together because he said somebody. I think I know twenty nine. Um, yeah, so that's what I was looking of, up. You kind of piece that together, but like I just wanted to know a couple of the names that they were talking about. It's they were definitely second. talking about Marcus Williams, one hundred percent. No, you, no, he was because I, he's twenty five. They still were talking about a twenty four, twenty five year old. He was one a, of them. He said twenty nine was the age they threw out. It was the they, only they age threw, they threw out. No, I they just another, watched it. Twenty four, twenty five. He'll be twenty five when the season starts. Marcus Williams is twenty five. They were talking about him. You think you know that for a fact? I'm very confident they well, were talking yeah, about Yeah, I mean, him. I can I can guarantee they discussed Marcus Williams this offseason, but I don't know if it was On that, that video. Yes, they did. I but promise. The, the thing was, is they said 29, so I immediately was like, Jesse Bates, Marcus Williams, they're both, like gonna be, they're both 25 now. I was like, well, can't be them. So Jesse Bates ain't leaving Cincinnati. Yeah, probably not after. They're throwing the bag at him. They got a but, huge cap. Yeah. But it was funny. All our brains were like, oh, who are they talking about? Who are they talking That's about? That's all Give I was thinking about. And I was like, Give me a name. Just please tell me one <laughs> thing. And was just, the 29 year old defense? Uh, I, I can't remember. I felt like it would have been. Allen Robinson's going to be 29. Oh, no. <laughs> It was that guy, wasn't it? Uh, who Dorsey? It was like the guy who Dorsey, Dorsey kept saying he liked. Him. He's like, I've liked him when he came out. Could be Allen Robinson. It was. It's almost like the that TV show Mass Singer where they're giving you clues and you got to just figure out who the hell they're talking about. Like, also, they when they were they were talking about styles of edge rushers, I didn't know if they were still talking about free agency or the draft. Yeah. I thought it seems I was to me like the Thibodeau and Hutchinson. About, yes. Dude, I thought for sure. He's like, I thought he'd be more elusive, but actually, it's this guy. And I was like, oh, they think Hutchinson's actually more elusive. Wow. <laughs> so they are going to take one of them. I was really into it way too much. I was really trying to figure out who it was. Yeah, we're such losers for this stuff, but it's awesome to get a behind-the-scenes look. Uh, I Speaking of that, I liked the area scout process in general. I think, I think their jobs are super interesting, like the way they were talking about oh at this level of detail um and like basically by that point they're just kind of confirming things they had done i will say though there are sometimes in the scouting community where i think you can almost fake it till you make it because they just say the same buzzwords like oh he's got fluid hips he's got a high motor it's like okay but like what what does that really mean like i understand what you're There's saying a ton of buzzwords they just yeah you could like i think like i could imitate an area scout for a day it's got like, good range. Yeah, I could probably, like, yeah, well, you say that. You could pass a meeting with someone by, oh, yeah, like, I'm an area scout for this team and just say, yeah, this guy's got quick twitch. Uh, he really gets off the ball well. He's got strong hands. Like, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, no, absolutely. I see this. That pops out on film to me as well. But the whole process was interesting. And on top of those scouts, like, kind of just like a, I kind of enjoyed, like, seeing the scouts because they're not all the same. They come from a different background. They're different ages. Um, obviously have a different area because they're not the like typical like stereotype. Okay, old white guy that's gonna be super stubborn. And be like, yeah, this is the guy that you guys have to pick. 
it's just a guy like out there scouting. You don't know what he looks like, and he has an area. And it, one of them, I think, said like they scout the players, they give the information to like the higher ups or the people above them, and then they decide like what information they want to take in or whatnot. It's not really like, um, like the money ball scene when they're yeah. like, we have to take this guy. Yeah, it's not really like a yes or no. Like they can buy into the information, maybe not. They get back. So I enjoyed that part about the scouts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, back to me. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, just just back to the age twenty nine. Devontae Adams is twenty nine. Odell is twenty nine. Allen Robinson's twenty nine. Who is also twenty nine? Who's the third one? Uh, who I said already. Allen Robinson. Yeah. Oh. And then uh, Emmanuel Agba is going to be twenty nine. Okay, we're just doing twenty nine year olds. Jameis Winston's gonna be twenty nine. Stop. Randy Stop. Gregory is twenty nine. Jadavian Clowney's twenty nine. Devondre Campbell's twenty nine. Alex, J- uh, Jameis would be sweet though. And Teddy Bridgewater is twenty nine. Like, we wouldn't win. It wouldn't be like good for the direction. And Marcus May is twenty nine. I don't know who Marcus May is. Yeah, I'm deep in the top one hundred free agents at that point. But he's a safety for the Jets. Safety. Ooh, I knew it was a safety. I don't know. Also, right. Tyron Matthew. All right. Uh, I thought it was really cool. It was a good, good like, um, kind of funny quote because Aaron Glenn's like this like seasoned vet kind of coordinator, and he's like, oh, "There's some." Good, he was talking. He's like, "There's some good looking cats out here." And the like the way he said it was just so <laughs> was funny. funny. There's some good looking cats out here, just like that. That what do you call a guy a cat? Just kind of funny. And then the other thing I had that was interesting, just personality wise, is when they were doing the scout meetings. Um, the free agency meeting and Brad Holmes, you could see he was using one of those multi ink color pens where you push the little color down and then you get the new ink. And like, usually when you were a kid, those were the worst pens because they always broke. But I'm like, that pen's probably so nice and probably like has the best ball bearings and writes so well. And I'm like, that's such a boss move for Brad Holmes, like for efficiency to have all the colors he needs in one pen. Like, click, I'm doing blue, click, I'm doing red. What a great GM. You called me a nerd. What? And you're just like yeah. goobering out over some yeah. pens. Just getting jazzed up by a pen. Yeah. Um, also, a lot. He just, the more he, I like the more him. he's on I TV, like, like, he doesn't seem smart stubborn. Guy. He, like, I like the way that he came from, like, a scouting backdrop. Like, so he's been in, like, most of those people's shoes. And he knows how it is to be in that seat. So I, I think he absorbs information well. And I think he's willing to listen to other people around him. He's not, like, a stubborn old guy that stuck in his ways about building a roster. Yes, he has a vision of what he wants, but but he's open to other people's opinions on like the roster one. Yeah, I like him a lot. And he said he missed the days of being a scout, which I feel like most people like are dying to get out of that and move up. So I appreciate that he just loves the craft of scouting. Yeah. He did call it tedious work though, so he probably doesn't miss it that much. Uh the only other thing thought was kind of interesting i mean you don't have to watch this to see it i guess if you're watching nfl network during the senior bowl but when palacero was asking dan campbell questions and dan campbell was like i'm just gonna try to give you the most basic answer i can think of here and just tried to give zero information about anything but through that basic information the first two positions he said was wide out and linebacker so i think that's good i think that's cool but he did say offensive lineman, which I would f- throw up at if it took an offensive lineman in the first round. I think so, not in the first round. I think, it's more I think he just meant use. depth, in like fifth round. But 
Uh, and you can take Vitae and be like, hey, buddy, give me your salary. Yep, see ya. Yeah, he said depth. Like, I don't think anyone's dropping. We're not taking Evan Neal at two if he falls, I don't think. Well, we don't know. We're not upset about it. I don't think Yes. So. I think I would be. I don't think I would be as long as Decker's We have more guys than you can play, Evan. Nope, Decker. You tell Decker, say, see ya, bye. But we just signed <laughs> him. Bye. Signed bye. Bye. You tell him bye. He's cheap. Like, Evan Neal would be a cheaper option than Taylor Decker. What would you do if he drafted a receiver at two? I would probably cry. Okay. <laughs> just wanted to make sure. Um, and then the last thing, my last point was it was kind of ironic and funny. They made it seem like it wasn't a big deal because they could learn more, but it does kind of suck. You go down there and you're a dome team and they're just playing pouring rain for like one of the days. It's like, we can't evaluate right now. And they're, t- yeah. they're like joking with Deuce. He's like the head coach. So he probably like said practice outside. Like, yeah, Deuce said it was going to pass. Look at this. <laughs> just downpouring on him. They what even you caught to Deuce and he's like, yeah, it should be done in about an hour, I think. <laughs> What are you learning about Sam Howell with the dredge football right now? You're not learning anything. Oh. Sam Howell's going to look so good in Honolulu Blue. I thought Sam Howell seemed really dumb in the like three interactions he had in this. He, uh, he asked Ben Johnson. Like, why, why do you like coach? to coach? Dude, yeah, that was just, a, yeah. Why do you coach? That was an aggressive question. Super kinda, weird. He's just like a weird guy. Weird. I think it's like out of the blue. Like usually, yeah, some players do say oh. it, but like. Well, it looked like they were having like small talk and he just drops a, why do you coach? Yeah, he's <laughs> just like, like so out he's of trying left to get field. to know his future offensive coordinator. That's right? fine, Evan. On. But then also when they asked him about like wearing the helmet and like having the mic in the helmet, he was like, yeah, it's, it's like. What are you supposed to say? How do you like, like a microphone like a, talking to you? It's like I've always wanted it. It's like, what, dude? Come on. Like, yeah, it's cool. You could have answered it any other way, and I wouldn't have said anything. Maybe the video team did him dirty, and he had better clips. But I, I also hope was, not. He scored a touchdown in the clip. <laughs> it was funny uh, that one player who went out and must have bought. Maybe they gave it out, but he had like a Lions do rag on, and that's just so funny that you're a college guy and you're like repping the Lions gear, like as a little someone. Durag. Some guy had a Lions hat in the meetings, like a just, white <laughs> offensive lineman. Just funny, you these know, guys. Can- Came to I'm on the team like, now. Yeah, I'm Lions for life. This <laughs> <laughs> oh, is funny to think about. That's really all I had. I, I just love this series. More people need to watch it. It's fantastic. Malik Willis it's, it too. It's, ba- <laughs> it's basically hard knocks without you know the the fancy narrator, and you can't hear the swearing, which is a shame. I would have loved to hear Deuce drop f word after f word. Yeah, true. He was pipe. He was, was absolutely dropping him. He um, was an intense, scary guy. Should we do a quick hit on the MLB lockout? Because it's a pretty big sports story, but feels like it was years ago. My biggest question, is it bad that... Well, I guess we should start. Is there anyone that feels confident enough to give a quick spark notes of why this is locked out? Sure. Because I don't feel that great about it, but it's I trust Evan. I'm going to give the basics. Agreement, and it's basically the players want some of their money based off of what the owner's <laughs> profit share they're getting over the last like so many years. Owners' profit shares going up, but the players' base benefits of what they're getting is staying the same, and the owners don't want to give like power back to the players, basically. They're not trying to benefit off of the product that they're selling. Uh, there's a lot of agreements and disagreements, um, low-balling. Uh, some of the players are fighting for like a higher, uh, what was it called, higher salary pool to prevent taking, which could be bad, could be good for both sides. Um, the rich get richer, so they have more money to sign free agents. Um, it 
it's all just it's always about money um but it's always about like who's gonna get it and where like a lot of the argument is minimum salary uh minor leaguers uh salary pool how many minor leaguers are you gonna be in the basically in the league uh i guess there was one big point that i saw but i can't remember what it was that like I'm, the players association asked for a, like given a number, and the owners came in and just lowballed them on it. I'm I sure saw the owners like best offer. Yeah, it's just and it's, it was like a a percent increase on everything. It was like the most like disrespectful offer you could probably send out to someone. <laughs> like yeah, if you like asked for a raise, s- yeah, and you made like twenty thousand dollars a year, and you asked for a raise, and like, you know what, you've been doing a great job, twenty two. Take it or leave it. It's like, so wow, like man, that is be, a sweet race. Like if the minimum salary that they like are trying to negotiate, if it happens, it would be the largest single-year increase in sports history. Um, and then it's supposed to increase like by 10000 every single year. Yeah. That's big uh, pre-arbitration bonus pool for arbitration players. Uh, basically, to get free agency sooner. More money for those arbitration players. Um, I, another one, we talked about service time. And there's a big one for if a, so to speak, rookie gets into like a, uh, or a first year guy gets into like a top rookie voting, then that year counts as a full service year. So like these are like those sweaty rules we used to Alex yes. had a joke with you about when we were like we're not going to bring up Torkelson or Green yet because they got to wait more in the so they had, like you sit him out for two three weeks and then you play him for the rest of the year technically he's at point eight a service here but if he finishes in the top so many of the rookie voting then that counts as a full year um, yeah. and then also teams could receive um, incentives and compensation if they have like their top prospects on open day rosters got it. There's so many weird rules like that with baseball where I feel like an NBA and NFL, it's way more straightforward. Like you just get fucking drafted and then you're in the show and you play. Draft compensation, um, they might get rid of it, might not. Like if you lose a free agent, they might get rid of the draft compensation. Draft lottery might be coming to MLB. With all these things that you're saying, it's going to take months for this to get figured well, out. And then Years. there was like, that's like the sweaty stuff. There was all the fun stuff, like the competition of like how many postseason teams. I was going to say playoff you teams know, was talked about. Universal, the, the universal DH. Twelve. They want more teams. No, I know. They I don't thought want they wanted play, The players want less, but the, the league owners, want, leagues want, owners want more. They agreed to 12, which is just one more team that it already is on each side. Yeah, because the owners want 14. Does that include the weird boost of teams that we got during COVID? Isn't there more uh, teams? No, like the standard the is, season. The standard is five. It's really a small postseason, so I like having twelve. I'll say it. I think six on each side sounds good to me. But it's kind of stupid. They said like it's going to be one team or two get a buy, and then it's going to be a best of three. I don't like best of three in anything for playoffs because that's it, a wonky sample size. Are they still doing the wild card is one game? No, they changed that to three. Yeah, like, well. We'll see what happens, but like it was like it's gonna be a best of three for the first round. I don't like that at all. You'd rather it be the one game? No, I think it should be five mm. or seven. I'd be cool if they did seven for all of them, like any every sport in America except for baseball. Yeah, yeah. being friends with Pirates fans when they went, they won like ninety six games and they played in the wild card game and had to play the Cubs in the first game. Who 
like ended up winning the World Series. And now, I think. like now that yeah, there's like delays in games, this is all gonna get even worse because now the players are gonna be fighting for their their pay compensation, and are the owners gonna give in um, to that? Like missed time and missing what all of that stuff. And I think the biggest thing besides the logistics of it is like the most damning thing is like I texted the group is I don't even really care that much. I don't, like, care I don't either. Really, like I don't mind if they miss a month. I'd almost be happier if they did it. I think that's like the sad state of baseball for the younger generation of how they fumble the bag of like restricting Twitter highlights. Like you get banned if you post highlights and all this stuff. Like they just are so backwards up there, and they don't know how to like build a league at all. No, they don't know how to rob man fraud to advertise. <laughs> so yeah, and he was it, like, it also doesn't like help laughing. that they put the prime the prime time spots. Um, is either always an East Coast team, so NL East, AL East team, always in their primetime spots to like watch them. Like, how many times are you going to watch Mike Trout on Sunday Night Baseball? It's probably like well, once a month. How many times are you going to watch the Yankees on Sunday Night Baseball? It's probably like 17, 18 times of the year. Yeah. You're Dude, definitely like- getting to see all Yankees Red Sox games. You're seeing every single one of them. I feel like, like, Tatis's little stretch there that he had before he dealt with injuries was the closest I got to like caring about someone outside the Tigers and wanting to like tune into his at bats. And I like it even shows you how backwards they are that they were like telling him to stop hitting grand slams when you're up ten nothing. It's like what kind of losers are you? Where like you're gonna restrict basically what could be the John Morant of your league? You know, like stop bat flipping, stop doing all this. Like you're showboating. It's like dude, these guys are so. Like their panties are in such a bunch about anyone having fun on a there's, baseball field. There's so many problems for baseball, and it's not even just like the they're effed on right now. It's, the pace of play is so slow. It's just like they need to figure a lot of stuff out. Will there be baseball? Yes, there will be baseball. I, I just can't tell think you so. I believe there will be baseball. I think, I think it's not going to happen until like June or July. Like I think it's going to be a while. <laughs> I don't know. I think I could see it starting in like May or mid-May. They're not even close in negotiations at all. Well, they made progress that one night, but yeah, now it's different because they're not all in the same spot. Now they have to like, they flew back to New York. So I gotta go meet up in a different place or whatever, but it's not good. I'll also say we had a, we had a campaign last summer to get Theo Epstein to the Tigers. I'm willing to let him go to the MLB and be the president of baseball because I think we need him there and not with the Tigers just to save the game. So Theo to actual MLB president is what I would push Fire for. Rob Manfrod. The problem is like you'll never get an owner that anybody likes because the owner, the, well, I don't, I shouldn't say that about the MLB because the NFL runs like the owners get to pick the commissioner and then yeah. the owners are just driving force of the league. So if the owners are picking the commissioner in Major League Baseball, he's just going to be talking puck bit and just somebody to blame for everybody else. What we really need is the the owners that suck and to, I, to I don't know sell if the teams. True. I was trying to read into it. I saw that like for like some of these proposals, like money proposals or whatnot, you only need eight votes against it, and it's all the small market teams are going to vote against it no matter what, so nothing's going to get passed. I don't know if that was true or not, but doom and gloom. June or July. Um, one of those small market teams was your hometown Detroit Tigers. Mike's not running this anymore. You have their sons, and they're worried about their casino down Atlantic City more. They don't care about winning. And it just sucks. Like I wish this could have happened if it was going to happen like two to three years ago when we were just so but now we have a promising team that I want to watch and it just feels like everything's just conspiring against the Tigers. Couldn't they do this during the COVID 
like we only, no they only baseball played 60 anyways. games in COVID. Like, couldn't they have done it then? Come on, they, guys. They redid, Plan this out a little they better. They redid their own CBA for COVID because they almost didn't have a season. And they redid it all. And then they said, well, we can continue on the new CBA when it's like time's up. So this is just like an asterisk one-year thing. So dumb. Baseball There's rumors sucks. out there that Max Scherzer is too aggressive in the meetings. Oh, I can picture that. I'm sure no, he's not nice. That, yeah, he is MFing the the baseball before he strikes somebody out. What do you think he's going to do when somebody's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, Max, we're not playing the first week. I'm sorry, buddy. It's like, hey, yeah, guess I'm what? Sure he's you missed not out on $57,000. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to picture like him compared to Chris Paul like being the <laughs> NBA guys and probably speaking very well. And Max probably just put, popping a dip in and mother effing Rob Manfrog, which yeah, I love. It's, but like, it's, yeah. It's Max, and then it's Andrew Miller, two former Tigers. Salute us! Um, Shout out! Are like the f- spokespersons for uh, for baseball. I well, never Harper's going to the KBL. So, <laughs> hey, as soon as like actually, if you one guy goes, there's going to be a shit ton, and then we'll just what have is this, baseball Bryson DeChambeau in Korea. going to Dubai. I think if more players are like, you know what, we're either going to play our own baseball, and we're going to get some off market, be like, yeah, we're just going to start playing baseball against each other. It could force the MLB to do something. I yeah. think the it's shot, a good idea. The shot of Michigan Sports Wiffle Ball League hosts out of Michigan. We couldn't pay the players, to... so I'm sorry. You guys, you could play for free for us. Theoretically, like, Barstool could fund, like, to have a 10-game series of players just draft your own team. Yeah, and we're, we're going to have about... a 10-game series. Yeah. That'd be sweet. Yeah. be more fun or, than or actual could, baseball. Or teams could go over to Japan. Or China and play, and then as soon as you see big team players go over there, I don't know if they ever will. But if you see them go over there, then I think that's I think someone's that. going to. We're, to. we're we're flirting with the end of America's pastime. Holy cow! What a world. Well, you got frauds in leadership. This is, this is a football country anyway, so it's okay. Yeah. Um, and it's March Madness. Who cares? Better though than getting right drunk now. at a baseball game. True. The vibes of a baseball game are enjoyable. <laughs> So there's your lockout talk. That was one of our listener questions we've been holding on to. And now, speaking of listener ones, we will wrap out this show with, I'd say, we got four here that are pretty solid. This is pretty much Life Advice 2.0. These are some good ones here. These are something. Let's hop into the first one of these. We'll start with the work one. So this goes, I have a dude at work that constantly asks me to get beers. Dude is an ultra weirdo. (laughs) I'm running out of excuses. What do I do? I think this one is pretty simple. What does he do? You just go get a beer and then yep. that's it. And then it'll be done. You won't have to worry about it. Just, you know, go drink a beer. It's not that big of a deal. It's like a half hour of your time. Evan, you not in agreement? You think that's I the move to do that? You just have to bite the bullet. You have to be a good human being. You know, more positivity in 2022. Your dog wow. can't die 22 times. So <laughs> you're going to have to go. I was curious how many excuses this person has used. Yeah. Diarrhea. Great excuse. Everybody's been there, so you can only use it once, though. You can't have a, your mom's birthday four times in a year, so I think you just yeah. have to do it. You gotta go. And, um, he's probably. I, I feel like this guy's like afraid. That, like if he does it once, and it's gonna snowball effect. I don't think you should be snowball effect. I think you should just be up up front. Be like, hey man, doing this one time. You know, hang out outside of work, but I see you as like a work. <laughs> I don't really see you as a friend. Oh, wow. Are you saying just lay it on? You have to be up front. People are so passive nowadays. They're like, oh, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Like, If you're up front and communicate better with individuals, your life would be a lot easier. Honesty is the best policy. All right. I'll give you the route advice if you want to go the passive way for no confrontation. This 
I you're do gonna think come you up with 400 excuses. <laughs> I quit drinking beer. Sorry, it can't no, go out. I'm an alcoholic. This is buy something else. This I'm exact, an alcoholic. I can't go in. No, no. But this is a little advice. You still go, but this actually happened to me in New York. So I do have a mini story about this exact oh, situation. I feel bad for this ultra weirdo. Well, yeah, I was gonna, I was just gonna use the person's terminology, but let's just say there was a coworker of mine who was basically fit this description, and it was his last day with the team. He left after a couple months. I, there's no way this guy listens to this show. But if you didn't left, go and get a beer on the last day, you're a scumbag. Well. And our listener, longtime listener Brad, went with me, so he knows exactly. He's probably laughing right now. This person asked everyone on the team. There's like 16 of us. We like we're going to the corner. Or I'm not gonna say that. We're gonna go to this bar. Um, at this time, like, let me know who wants to go. Crickets, just just crickets. Like, wasn't really like I said. He matches the description of the coworker we're dealing with here, and one of our other coworkers. Um, she's more generous than say Brad or I, and she's like, "Hey, I feel really bad." Uh, I think we have to go. I'm going to go. And she's like, I need you guys to go as well. <laughs> we were like, no. <laughs> like, we don't want to go. Yeah, you have but, to, though. And then what made it worse, another one, I guess we'll use the term ultra weirdo. Um, another one, I guess, on the team also was going. So there was two UWs and then the three of us that were going to go. <laughs> so we ended up going. And I'll be honest, it wasn't as bad as I thought. What you do is when you do this, if you can, you just get hammered so you kind of forget about how awkward it could be and probably try to go to a place that has karaoke that's what we did we're saying some karaoke and then yeah what a, just what a transition like, do uh do uw's linger a little too long yeah they can and like, they don't know when to like call the night quits oh, that would be rough for evan really bad they don't want to let it go exiting <laughs> but um if i like the people i'm hanging out with right somebody yeah but evan if you them. went for a beer with this ultra weirdo how are you getting out of it if this guy never leaves I'm upfront and honest with people, Alex. I Are you? Hey, hey. <laughs> <Yeah>. This is <laughs> new aggressive. I mean, he's saying, you know what? Um, it's 8.30 sharp. I have to go home. This is strictly work. Do not ask me to do this again. See ya. <laughs> you would not do it. I would. But no. I've changed Whoever asks, go go get a beer. It's, you'll be fine. But this is the advice from my story. It wasn't bad. You have What you have to do is go with other people. You have to include mm. other coworkers that's, and say, that's hey, not a bad idea. You come with me in this ultra weirdo, so it's less weird. And then hopefully that satisfies this ultra weirdo's needs. But if he keeps asking you individually after this, then I, you gotta go Evan's method and say, be aggressive. Like, hey, I just don't like simply getting beers that much after work, so I'm not your guy. Yeah, and if it really gets drastic, you're an alcoholic and you can't go anymore. And you quit your job if it's really bad. <laughs> I mean, that. yeah, I guess so. <laughs> all right next one female listener bonking you guys easy there um whoa. my friend whoa <laughs> who you bonking You're you guys bonking, if you if i saw DMs are open i saw how excited you guys got it's probably it's one of see- our five female listeners that isn't my mom um yeah and good note for advertisers too we think about our demographic you wouldn't think females but hey we guaranteed ha- have one you want to sell tampon products on this show hop right in <laughs> Uh, my friends love karaoke. Who doesn't? But I never know what to sing. So my question to you guys is, what is the best song that is guaranteed, guaranteed to be a crowd pleaser? You guys are hilarious. Love your show, exclamation point. Wow. She definitely Thank only you. listens to this part of the show. But that's all right. Karaoke, guys. What do you think? Um, well, you have to think. This is female so you can't go with some of the more classic male style songs. That's not going to be helpful, right? And, and my first thought was there's a big 
we don't question mark here we don't know if the friends are co-ed so i would say you could always do a male female duet to oh. kind of again the buddy system Take the pressure go with off. someone yeah like so the first one that came to mind was picture by cheryl crow and kid rock that's a great duet that always plays everyone sings along with you that's classic i would do that if you were in a co-ed group solo i think ain't no mountain high enough would be a good one uh that's also a duet alex so that is <laughs> no you can go solo on that if you have to <laughs> you can't actually sorry about that we had karaoke night sometimes in the cafe or not ca- cafeteria at Butler. So like college karaoke at dinner. It was kind of weird. And one of our that freshman year, one of my dorm mates in the same row sang that song and brought the roof down. <laughs> yeah. Guaranteed crowd pleaser. <laughs> yeah, um, it was. I think you just need to find like the upbeat popular artists and then pick one of those songs. Like? Um, Justin Bieber. Always slaps. Um, That's hard to do. Maroon 5 does slap my G. Um, I think Maroon uh, Five. Uh, Year Katie three thousand by the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. Like uh, uh, I kissed a girl by. Is, doesn't she sing that? I kiss. I just kissed a girl. I kissed a girl. Katy. Perry. Katy Perry. That would yep. get everyone I think, going. I think yeah. That would be good. Evan, did you Google best karaoke songs <laughs> for females? No, I, I'm just a fan of Maroon Five and Justin Bieber. Um, I think. Another one, the, the laziest route, it's still a crowd pleaser, is Tequila by the Champs. Mm. You just have to just say Tequila, and it gets everyone fired up. Yeah, that's an easy one, though. You want to be different. Can I tell you what not to do? Because sometimes the best advice is what you should not do. No matter how skilled and confident and quirky you think, you, if it's all girls, your girlfriend group is, do not sing Wanna Be by the Spice Girls because you just... That's you're a not top-notch gonna- level karaoke song. You're not going to be able to sing it well enough, and you're going to sound like a bunch of dying animals up there unless you have serious pipes. Maybe the she does. Times, the amount of times I've heard girls bop around go, if you want to be my lover, <laughs> and it just sounds so bad, bro. <laughs> like, oh. you just can't do that. Carrie Underwood. Uh, That's another good artist you can sing. Bonk. You know, the, what's the... the I, mean, I think you should sing Hot in Here by Nelly. Get oh. hot in here. That, that, would, actually, that would bring the roof down. I was going to say actually take off your clothes, but I'm not going to condone that. That is weird, Grant. We'll condone that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Go. Please, please send us in videos of your next karaoke if you take any yes. of our advice. And yeah, that would be cool. Next week, we should have a listener question. What's the best bar to sing karaoke at? Wow. I think that's really dependent on area, but not to get into that. I mean, next. I have a vehicle. I'm allowed to travel can I yeah. uh can I mix in a listener question I got from a person yesterday in person? Why the yeah. hell not, man? Uh, <laughs> it was really funny. No, um, we will not throw the deep ball, and no, we cannot hit. It the was bombs. not my dad. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, Matthew Stafford is not still over. Was not my dad. Was not sports. Um, so he has a dog. Um, he's had a dog for like ten. I think it's ten now. He's got a family. Uh, five kids, but they're all, all the kids are out of the house now. Okay. He has this dog, him and his wife. He doesn't like dogs. So he, what he asked me was, how do I get my kids to believe that I didn't kill the dog when the dog dies? That was the question he asked. Like me. he he dislikes dogs that much that people are gonna think he's suspect he, one when this dog passes it away. It takes yeah, he says it takes too much time. He doesn't have time for this dog, and he thinks when the dog passes away, 
his kids are going to think that he killed the dog. And what he said, he gave us a background story. He's like, yeah, a week ago, dog wasn't eating its food. And I was like, yes, it has cancer. So, <laughs> so. It's got dark, bro. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that that was the question he asked. He's like, how do I make it seem like I didn't kill the dog? Easy. You set up a home security system, webcams in your house. And then you just show them the raw footage of their dog taking its last breath, and you're not in the room. Well, that's pretty depressing. Yeah, no. So is hoping your dog has cancer. That's also yeah, no, it's depressing. terrible. But I think another good one is you just ask one of the kids, "Hey, you guys need to take this dog." That that I think the best option here: give your dog to one of the kids. No dog has to die. We just give the dog away. Give the dog to the kids. Be like, to you a know, kid. we got this one. You guys were in the house. You know, I'm not a big dog fan. I need to move on from this dog. I think the best if one of you enjoys its last couple of years when I just sit here and sulk about it. Yeah. Um, yeah I think I mean, that's a good, that's good more point. more reasonable, yeah. I'm with Grant. You need video proof. And just whatever you do, you <laughs> hope the dog doesn't do, go fast. Because if the dog's – like, I'm praying this dog lasts forever. Um, But if, like, the dog, like, let's say passes away, like, next month, everyone's it's gonna look suspect. fingers are going to be pointing at you. Be like, all right, Dad, where'd you bury it? <laughs> You didn't feed the dog. Yeah. You stopped feeding him. If it lasts like two, if it lasts like more than a year, then I think the kids need to realize like, yo, dad has a good heart. He wouldn't do this. He just doesn't like this dog anymore. Now I you do think come. that this guy wouldn't actually kill his dog, so I want to make sure that's clear. How big not is this that, dog? Do you know how big this dog is? I didn't I did not get the description of the dog. I just mm-hmm. know it's ten years old, thought it was gonna die like a couple of weeks ago, now claims it's gonna live to twenty. And he's disappointed about well, it. Well, I've been there. I've been there with um yeah, I've been there. You could, like, frame someone, <laughs> pretend like they killed it but, when you really but Grant, did. That but means you, you, have actually... to, you have to kill the dog and yeah, frame sounds, someone. It sounds like this is something. This guy sounds like Frank Underwood in the first scene of House he of Cards. He would not actually snack. kill the dog. But he's definitely tired of having a dog, which, you know, like, people get burnt out. People don't like animals, so it's not that big of a deal. There's, like, but... shelters and stuff. You could just... Yeah, Turn but imagine in. also, so let's say he doesn't kill him, but he just gives it away. His kids come home for like Christmas break and they're like, dad, what the f- the dog is? Well, you gave the dog away. Tell your kids before you give it away. You're not yes, going to surprise you, this them. This is what you do. You, it's I mean, 50-50 shot. You're like, all right, kids. Either one of you I takes hate this it, thing. <laughs> one of you takes it or is going in the shelter because I don't have time or energy to keep this thing alive. Yeah. Yeah. Force the kid's hand. All right. Fraternal stars. Did you guys ever rush frats or think frats are worth it? I go to a decent sized school where Greek life is pretty big. Just wondering if I should rush or not. Thanks, boys. Uh, I technically rushed sort of for like a the first week of my freshman year. And then I also did in the winter time, but I didn't. I re- never really thought I was actually going to do it. I just went to all the events and the parties. Do I think it's worth it? Depends on the school. At Michigan State, no, I don't think you need to be in one. If you have like a group of friends, you don't need to. I'm sure there's benefits of being in it. But if you are going to be in a frat, you can't be a <laughs> So, because there's a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, I never, I kind of did the classic kick the can down the road for frats because at Butler, you do it later. You don't do it your like first semester. You do it after break. And I didn't come back from break to do that. But my sophomore year, I was thinking about doing it because my roommates were in one. And I kept saying, oh, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. Blah, blah, blah. 
and like never really intended to, but I kind of liked hanging out with all them. And then that frat got kicked off campus. So then I never had to. So it mm-hmm. kind of was an ideal situation where I had the excuse in my lap to sometimes I wish I would have. Yeah. So I would say you said decent size. Well, my school was like 5,000 kids. And if, if like in Greek life was a big thing, it was like half more than a half the school. If your school's like that, you should, because that's just, you're going to need it to survive like socially and maximize your social time there. But like, Alex, so with Michigan State, I've been there enough and gone to enough fun parties without knowing anyone in frats that I don't think you have to. And then my other advice, like Alex said, with don't be a d- I summed it up like, don't, if you're going to rush one, do your best. It's probably impossible because like there are, they are cults, but like do your best to not let the frat change who you are. Like if you're a normal kid, like don't just think that you're in a cult now and this is awesome and I need to pop my collar and tell people like they can't come to my parties. Like try to still, because there's nothing cooler. I will say this. There is like almost nothing cooler and that'll help you with the girls too. If you're like a normal frat dude, where like you're still friends with guys not in frats and like you'll, like I had my buddy Phil at Butler, like I could still go to Sigma Nu as like a junior or whatever and he like let me into their frat parties and it was awesome. I was like, oh, like Phil's still cool. He's not like brainwashed. Yeah, I had friends in frats that were normal. And then also some that I met my freshman year that went into frats. And then after that, it was like, who are you? Don't don't talk to me. You're not in a frat. So don't be that guy. Just be normal. Evan, you're like the biggest frat star I know. So yeah, that's I might um, be the biggest neck. I'm basically opposite. the leader of the frats because how old I am here. So like they always ask him for me. Like I'm the final save who gets let in at Michigan State. All of the frats. Like all right, final say. You, I, I get to pick them. Final um, destination guy. Yeah. The Wizard of Oz. You know, I didn't have the money. Didn't have the resources to like join a frat. I never found like frats useful. Uh, never had a. I never had like an inch or bone in my body. Like, yeah, this is a good idea to rush a frat. Just something I'm not a part of. Um, I'm with like kind of Grant. Like if you're like a smaller school or if you're at a big school and you like struggle to socialize, you don't really have that many, like a big friend group. Or if you want to meet new people and you're on that side, then I can see there's benefits for it. Um, But if it's really something you don't need in your life, then there's no point to have it because there's other ways to have fun. Also, I can't speak for all schools, but some are super expensive, like very costly. So that would be great if you're, you know, have a financial situation. And at the bare bones, though, I would say just for this question, you def I'm a fan of just trying it. Like you should rush. You should just try it. You can always quit. I know they're probably pressure you like, oh, don't be a a wimp, bro. Like, why are you gonna bounce if like you don't like hazing? And I will say on the hazing part, if you if you do any weird hazing stuff, you can definitely like quit and I wouldn't don't do that. Don't do We're that. We're keeping that in. <laughs> don't, look, don't look it up. Urban, urban Dictionary. But like, I know like at Butler, one of the big, like the, I don't think hazing, at least that they told, like I would talk to some people and they're not supposed to say, but they were like, there was one week where it was, they couldn't go to bed until the last brother in the house did. And they had to get up when the first one did. So basically they'd pull all nighters for seven days in a row and they were all like zombies. If it's that, like I could see you could, you could get through that. It sucks. But like, if they're doing any weird like sexual stuff, get out of there. It's not worth that. I've heard some bad stories. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. But if it was like just classic hazing, fine. Also, like in the rush process, they're like overly nice. And like yeah. they'll get your phone number. They will feed you drinks. They'll be like, hey, we're having a party with all chicks. Come by at noon tomorrow. But they will be like in your ass about everything. The yeah. second you stop, 
you yeah. can't even like speak to them. You can't go to yeah. their parties. They're like completely out on you. We're like, and the funniest thing is even down to the little details, like when you're rushing and you go to their houses, they'll like do come up to my room and they'll give you yeah, like a raw yes. bottle of like vodka. But then if you go to their parties after that, you get the watered down Kool-Aid shots that like you, you need 10 of them to even feel a buzz. Like my, my freshman year, <laughs> these two, so it was me and Cody. He was on the pod once. Um, okay. <laughs> sorry. Just that's for you guys to know. Okay. And they had us go to this, uh, it was like a beach party where they've legitimately put sand in their house <laughs> it was sand like in their like basement just like full of it it was crazy right we get there they bring us up to their room they're like feeding us this i don't Rapes. know that like no like it was like a bottle Bananas. of booze or something i'm like an 18 year old kid so yeah some breaking the law just getting you absolutely hammered <laughs> and then you know, you come out and you're, I remember the next day, Cody and I were talking about it. We're like, yeah, I don't, I don't think like that lifestyle is really for us. And then we told this one kid and he's like, yeah, I don't even like bother coming by our house anymore. Like you're out. And like, we didn't actually even want you. I'm like, wow, wow. That is, uh, that is quite the turnaround there. But I, I don't think they did that to Cody because Cody's a really personable guy, but they definitely said that to me. But is it? And also, it's alarming. My only last thing is like stereotypes on frats are usually pretty accurate. Like I know, judge a book by its cover. But like, if someone tells you like, yeah, this house, this is like a bunch of dumb jocks that does cocaine, they probably are dumb jocks that do cocaine, and you may not want to be in that house if you don't fit that mold. So the like, frat stereotypes are nearly spot on. Yeah, and if your frat is like it has a dry house, don't rush that frat. I'm looking at you, Fidel Butler. That place was a bunch of squids. <laughs> There's some funny frats that I could say on here, but I'm not to consider, you know. I technically rushed one frat, you know. They wanted me to come back. Was this your guys' made up one? No. The real no, one. Evan and I are yeah. in a frat. KKN, if you ever want to know what it means, let us yeah. know. But yeah, yeah. Technically, I did rush one uh, Friday night before the Oregon game. <laughs> yep. Let's they go. Wanted, they wanted me to come back. They did. Because you did so good at the. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, I would have done. I would have been a lead at it. Um, but I was just such a good dancer, and we were the only ones in there. Pause. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Oh, that's good stuff. All right. Frats aren't all that, bad, though. We made it seem like it was really bad. I'm sure they're not that bad. Um, that was episode 61. If we did not get to your question, we will answer it in a later show. I did see some trickled in here, but we're already long, so we'll just answer those next show. There's already some good ones in the queue. Um, for next time, at ShotFMS on all social accounts. Follow it for clips, graphics, whatnot. How to listen, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube are the three places you can get this. Subscribe, follow, leave a review, leave a comment. Um, Gregory. As in Gregory's Barbershop, all the Gregs out there. Oh, right. We're doing this. Look, spring is around the corner. You're like, why the hell are the Tigers not playing baseball the first eight games? And you need to know why in a funny manner. This is the show to come for. So please go leave us a five-star review and tell us how great the show is, Greg. Hey, Becky. Thanks. You know, share this with your yoga class, your spin cycle class in the morning. Uh, it's greatly appreciated. I know you love your family and you love all the cats that you have in your house, but it would only take 30 seconds to leave us a review. Uh, John in Sigma Nu, you talked about your fraternal life 
Uh, so, you know, do us a favor since we hyped up frat life so much. Just get your bros that are around the beer pong table right now and just pull out your phones and leave us a nice little five-star review. And, uh, you know, maybe even listen to it if you want to. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe next power hour, you just take a shot every time one of us says um or swears. Or elephant walk. Okay. <laughs> a lot of E-dubs tonight. <laughs> All right. With that, cheers to episode 61. I ran out of my drink, so. Cheers. Just che- cheers to the card, which was cheers Ron Cheers to Artesan Lucas and- Raymond and Mo Cider. Cheers. Yeah, to Red Wings. To Guys, it's a pre-workout. It's called Total War. What are you talking about? (laughs) Have a good evening, everybody. Jeez Louise. Bye.